Nilly. I can't believe you got to work. Yeah, just like in the last 30 seconds. What's up, Matt? Well, I've never been this excited before. You know why? Because I've never had a podcast with somebody that was in Japan, halfway across the world, 14 hours ahead of me in terms of time difference. Amazing. So here we are. How much younger are you? Are you a couple years below me? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I was in with John Minahan. And I guess you, I, I watched the tape of you playing in 95. I think that would have been your senior year. So you graduated in 96. I graduated in 2000. Okay. I think John Minahan told me that you were a senior at Buena Vista whenever we were graduating out or playing our fall. Oh, year. yeah, 99. Oh, yeah. I'm in so, Okinawa, Japan right now. So I got a lot of questions for you, and some of them aren't even going to be about football, and maybe none of them will be. But John Fick, legend of the all-state footballer from the uh, school district of Jefferson, Scranton, Peyton, Chardin. He is from the other side of the tracks, up there in Peyton, Chardin, Iowa. Uh, he has an alias on Facebook. So John Fick, how did you come up with the alias John, or it's actually Jan Church? Well, maybe you shouldn't answer that. I think it has something to do with your... Uh, duty. You're kind of in the military of sorts. Got to talking to some trash that he didn't think that little John Minahan deserved to be number two all-time kick returner on the power rankings. And uh, he thought maybe a Steve Carey needed to be up there pretty easily, actually. More important than that, probably, to me is, John, like, uh, where in the hell have you been for the last 22 years? And how in the hell did you end up in Okinawa, Japan? And what are you doing over there? Well, I first, I, after I went to BV, I uh, went to Clinton, Iowa, and I was teaching and coaching there in Clinton. And I had a pretty good gig, but I always had this uh, thing in the back of my mind that I wanted to go overseas and do something just for a couple of years. And so I found this gig, actually took a job in the United Arab Emirates in the American school in Dubai, but I never ended up going. And I got a job with the Department of Defense. Basically, I teach all of the military service members their children overseas. No so I coach and, and I've been coaching. I, I went to Clinton for two years and then I've been in Okinawa for 18. So I've been uh, our school. It's Kubasaki High School. It's about 400, 500 kids. Very diverse uh, student population, just like the military. That's what so I've been that doing. four or five hundred kids comes from how many military personnel? In Twenty thousand Americans that live in Okinawa. No yeah, there's a big there's a big Air Force school that has about six hundred kids, and then our school is a little bit smaller. Hey, we play a lot of schools um, in mainland Japan. We travel to play different international schools. There's actually a school. It's really cool. It's called the uh, Nile Kinnick High School in Tokyo. <laughs> Yep, named after Niall Kinnick of Iowa football lore. I love going there, and I get it all the time and wear it back. It says Kinnick High School. They're actually red, and they're the Red Devils. These where schools did, have been here where since did, right after the war. Where did Niall Kinnick pass away at? Was he in the Gulf of Mexico, possibly? Yeah, he was in a training accident in the Caribbean. But he was a Navy guy, and that, that base is a Navy base. So just for the listeners that don't know what we're talking about, Niall Kinnick played football in the 1940s at the University of Iowa. He won the Heisman Trophy, and then obviously he got shipped off or was training to go to a, a World War II, uh, you know, participate, and uh, died in a training accident. His uh, plane crashed, and he died died at sea. That's wild. Uh, I mean, I, I would have had no idea that uh, Japan might have a, a Niall Kinnick High School. 
I mean, news of the day. How far away from uh, where you live was the assassination of Abe, the ex-prime minister? Actually, I was in Peyton, Iowa, when that happened. I we just got back. We were in there. I we no actually, actually yep took my family to the top of the bell tower. First time I've ever been to the top of the bell tower, like two weeks hmm. ago. And yeah, so it had been two weeks ago. He was uh, gunned down by an assassin at a at a campaign event. Uh, homemade shot homemade shotgun so it's an awful story what happened to ex-prime minister abe but uh it also is kind of you know they have no guns in in japan and uh they were still able to home make a shotgun and, and that's what happened it's terrible so it's almost like gun control doesn't work So that was a little bit deep, but let's get back to something a little more family friendly. So your family, I don't know anything about you. How many kids do you have? Who did you marry? Yeah, so I got over here, was just going to stay a couple of years and then met a lady and uh, got married and now I have three kids. Yep. Cool. 10 boys or girls? Uh, boys, 10, girls, eight, another boy, seven. And when they become football stars over there in Japan, are you going to move back to the States and attend their University of Iowa football games? <laughs> I don't know. We're getting ahead of ourselves there. How much do you like living in Japan? Or is it that much different than living in the States? Or what do you think? Oh, yeah. It's totally different. I, I could tell it right when I got back to the airport. Just uh, everyone's nice over here. And oh, Iowa nice. Iowa's nice. Now, if you go outside of Iowa, they can be kind of shitty some places. But uh, Iowa's I don't, pretty much nice. I don't disagree. I have a million questions for you, but like, here's here's my juvenile question. Since you've moved to Japan, have you seen any bonsai trees, or uh, have you scaled the side of a mountain to try to to get a bonsai tree? I, all the time, people are people are breaking ice blocks with their arms and and uh, karate chopping. No, none, none of that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> the karate kid, you watch. Karate Kid takes on a whole new meaning now. Karate Kid 2, when you see it, it's actually kind of funny. It's nothing like that. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to raise children. It's a great place to work and uh, and be. It's very safe and fortunate that I can still be here. Sure. I don't know if we got cut off. The former Prime Minister Abe, how far would that have been away from? A long ways away. That's mainland Japan. Like, we're on an island way down below japan so it would be like if that happened in washington dc we're like in tampa florida that's ah, how far okay. away is the island that you live on is that u.s military controlled or is that a japan no no, no 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 there's a lot of military here but the island sure. is like three, yep. three three miles wide and 55 miles long it, approximately you know, how many people in that three miles and 55 uh, million two mm-hmm Cool. Um, but there's, yeah, there, there's a lot of city, but there's a lot of country too that's here, and then of course a couple, a couple uh, military bases. There's 12 schools here, when you include all the elementaries and middle schools. Wow. So you've been in Okinawa for 18 years. Just tell me when was the last time that you were back home? We hadn't been home in four years. I hadn't been to the United States since 2018. We got our kids vaccinated because just to get vaccinated and get through the airport, it just made things a whole lot easier coming back. It was, still was a pain in the ass, but 
real world stuff. Uh, moving on to something more exciting and sports worthy. I mean, let's compare yeah, your, your punt returners, your kick returners. This very skewed. You had, you had you had three dudes on. You had three guys on there that were all from your three Time year year area. And no, I know John Minahan very very well, but he's not Mark Pop, and he's certainly not Steve Carey. I I'm not I I can't say I'm gonna back down. And, and Brent McClagan is in a different – he's in a different universe when it comes to things like that. John, I respect you a lot, but I think you have a familiarity bias here. And, you know, so none I mean, of those guys – I can I can appreciate your football skill, just your perspective. But just as a student of the game – now, it's hard to compare eras and whatnot, but, I mean, as I sit back and look at my football career, and it's – Nothing compared to yours, of course. But I'm Coach Kibby and Mr. Powers, they needed to find ways to get the ball to John Minahan. Because at the most important, if we're talking about school here, making an analogy, whenever it was a semester test time, and it mattered the most. Every time John Minahan touched the ball, he was a threat to score. And this wasn't in uh middle of the season. This was in the playoffs, John. You may or may not have watched those games. They're up on the internet now if you wanted to watch them. But my point would be, I think he was an underutilized player. He really only like got to shine in the last four or five games of his senior year. Of course, there's going to be debate and discussion about who's better and what time periods were better. And you might be more gravitated towards players of your era and I might be more gravitated towards players of my era. There's no doubt that old Steve Carey, he had a couple punt returns as a sophomore that made you think, wow, I couldn't have done that as a sophomore. I couldn't have done that as a senior. My humble appraisal, I, I doubt that my football IQ is as good as yours. I do think that John Minahan could have played at any any era. And Come on, man. I, nothing against you guys and nothing against what you did and, and winning those games <laughs> and going there, but... Come on, you had Nate. I know Nate Hopper. You had Nate Hopper on your top five list. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Mark Pop was like 5'9 and could high jump 6'5, but he might have got like <laughs> second or third in, in state state wrestling. And Nate Hopper, if you're listening, don't disrespect for what I'm about to say. Not but, at all. I Not mean, at all, but this is this all is time. just This is fun. This is fun. I mean, this is actually fun for me. But, I mean, whenever you say I got my top five list all messed up, I'm giggling when I say this. But, like, okay, you throw Nate Hopper out of there. I'm just saying. Who's your other name on there? Gabe Carver. Okay, Gabe Carver, yeah. He's, he was a good player. Yeah. But we're, we're talking punt returners. Come on. Kick returners. <laughs> There's no doubt. That Brent McClake, I didn't foul that one up. I got him first. But uh, after that. It's kind of and, a smorgasbord. And, and Steve Carey and Mark Pop are not my era. They're way older than six wow. years old. I mean, they'd be similar to me looking at you and knowing that you're a good player, but not really knowing exactly about you. Hell, I didn't even remember my – I mean, I'm being honest, John. I didn't even remember my senior year season precisely until we revisited this deal on Friday Night Lights podcast because – I'm just an old sucker, and I drank too many beers in the last 23 years, and I just didn't remember every little detail. But you're drinking those ultras while you're uh, doing the podcast. A bush latte—that's the brand of choice here in Iowa. <laughs> I went back there and I had a lot of people. A lot of people were drinking ultras, and I had I had three quarters of one. You know what? You know when you're you know when you're tubing down the, the tubing down the creek, or you're out in the lake, 
and someone throws you a beer and you open it up and it might it might just go underwater just a little bit but you just say screw it and you just keep drinking it that's, <laughs> that's mick ultra that's if you want to know what mick ultra tastes like that there you go <laughs> i think i had a similar experience at the uh german bar downtown in des moines about 10 years ago i asked him if they had anything that tasted like bud light and he said yes tap water yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm putting you on the spot now mister so we've agreed that I know nothing about my top five outside of Minahan deserves to be in that top cup. Gabe Carver was good. Steve Carey was good. Mark Pop was good. Rating the top five quarterbacks of all time at JSPC. I'm going number one, John Fick. He was just a playmaker. You give me your top five real quick. Or do you even remember five of them? Uh, Brian Happy was a really good quarterback. He could sling the ball. Um, yeah, pro style, not a playmaker, but a, couldn't run, but a, uh, couldn't one run worth a shit. But he could, he'd really sling the ball. The kid above him, another Carber. Is there an older Carber? Nate Carber, but he yeah. was number eighty-four. Kind of a weird number for a quarterback. He must have started yeah, off. Yeah, he was pretty decent. He he almost died. He got smoked in the playoff <laughs> game against Emmitsburg on a kickoff. <laughs> Ask the coaches. He got. I, I, I was. I was. He nearly died. It's the hardest hit I've ever seen someone do. That, I think that was in a playoff game. I have a great story about Adam Jones a little bit later, about the okay. beginning of Adam Jones lore. Hey, I just briefly glanced through their highlights that Mitch Murphy had sent me. In my humble appraisal, Adam Jones played better as a junior than he did as a senior. I think he was yeah. better quarter uh, wide receiver than he was quarterback, in my opinion. And he could have been. I was busy myself at the time so i didn't see a lot of games after i was done um, that's maybe why you don't remember john minahan being such a freaking i know monster. i know john minahan <laughs> come on I, there's no way john minahan ran faster than four nine i'll tell you that right now four nine oh easily four four five no chance i was four nine i was five oh in high school i thought that no fast. chance no <laughs> chance okay comparing generations do you think mr kibby's what do you think about his coaching style just in general? He was a player's coach, don't you think? Unbelievable. I couldn't have had a better high school coach. And then not just him, the whole staff, everybody that was Absolutely. there, Turpin, Powers, Sawhill, right? All them guys that were there uh, was uh, a consistent staff that was there. I mean, there would be guys that come in and out, but those were the, those were the staples. And just a great experience, um, you know, coming from Peyton Stan and then, joining up with uh as jspc it was a great experience for for me and, and us that all went under coach kibby's purview at that time i agree with you 100 percent. he was a player's coach maybe being ultra critical maybe he could have ran us more we we weren't always the most uh light of foot at the end of the game we we're a little bit you know, yeah and that's funny we used to say that too like we never conditioned we never conditioned but um yeah, but then you get in there and you're conditioning and it sucks and you're like, oh, shit, I don't want to condition, you know? So he didn't do that, but that's not that, you know, that's not to say that held us back in any way. Sure. As we revisited some of these games, I always told Scott and John that uh, I can't complain about a single thing that any of those coaches ever did to me. They were nothing but awesome towards me. And, and uh, I, I would just like to, Bang that drum for Johnny Minahan. He should have got the darn ball some more. He was a stud. So, uh, Adam Jones, did you have a story about him? 
Yeah, great story. And I've talked with Adam Jones about this. Did he played basketball up there at BB with you or, you know, at the same school? Yeah. Um, I was done playing basketball by the time he came along. But so he's a sophomore in the first game ever my senior year. And, and we'd lost all the talent from that. You know, a lot of the talent that we had was from the year above us. And he came in as a sophomore and we're playing Perry. And it was like, oh, shit, they're driving on us. We're ahead, but they're driving on us. They're driving on us. I'm thinking, Jesus, first game of the year, we're going to lose to Perry. This is the game we have to win. And they're driving, they're driving, and then um, call a timeout. He would come in. I would play all over. I would play linebacker. I would play safety. And then in the rover defense. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. I've heard Um, heard rumor about that anyway. Yeah. It was like third down, they're going to pass. And it's like third and six or something. As you're looking at the film, the ball was on the, 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 the far hash. And I was supposed to be on that hash, but it was the short side of the field. And I said, Jones, switch me, switch me. Because I wanted the wide side of the field. I was like, if, if we're going to lose this game, this ball is going to come through me. Right? <laughs> and so I went to the wide side of the field. And it was one of the first plays he ever got in as a sophomore, varsity football. And he caught the ball, uh, intercepted the ball in stride going the other way and no one touched him and he ran a 90 yard touchdown uh interception pick six (laughs) ran it it back ran it back (laughs) to seal the game we were leading at that time but that sealed the game and he was like i'm supposed to be over here but he never said anything right because i'm a senior and he's a sophomore he went over there (laughs) intercepted the ball went 90 yards so it was kind of a a great cap off start to the adam jones lore of Jefferson, yeah. Scranton, Peyton Shanann on the great basketball career that he had. But. I would say, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if he was tougher than nails, but just in terms of pure athleticism, that was one of, yeah. the, oh, yeah. one of the top five or ten all-time athletes at JSPC for oh, sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So I'm interviewing United States Senator Chuck Grassley on Tuesday. What it, you got any questions you want to answer? No, none. None, none political. I can, I can talk my sophomore year. I can talk my Let's, junior year. Can we agree that Scott Erickson was one of the best of all time if he hadn't injured his knee? Or do you not care for Scott Erickson? <laughs> I love Scott Erickson. He's a great kid. Of course, he's a Peyton kid, too. He's yeah. a stud. And we had and, – and one, one of my things that I was going to say, we had a Scott Erickson-type kid that got hurt very similar during my junior year. And what I was going to say is – no disrespect to you guys and your accomplishments, but I think as far as talent goes, my junior year, we were, if not the talented, we were up there with the talent that we had. Oh, here we go. He's going to start bragging about himself again. We just got, and nobody talks about this, we got crushed with injuries. John Fick, that's part of football. Hello. And one of them was hmm. uh, Curtis Levine. Hey, I want to hear more, but I ain't never heard of no Curtis Levine. Kurt, and no oh, one really, no one really talks about this. Curtis Levine was a, was, was a Scott Erickson-type middle linebacker player, was a stud, and he could run just huge, thick thighs. And- um, okay. Yeah! Turn around, stick it out. Even white boys got the shout. Baby got back. And he jacked up, I think he jacked up his neck or his back, like in the fifth or sixth sixth game and we lost him so he had a good player and he got injured um john thick that's football uh courtney miller was a great center that we had he actually broke his hand 
And the last three or four games, he actually he was left-handed. He actually snapped with his right hand. He played with a cast, a huge club. That's farm top his, right there, baby. This <laughs> super farm top. I just interviewed uh, Kurt Blatt, uh, his son, Todd. And Todd uh, said that he had a kid show up with a black and blue swelled up ankle twice as big as it should have been. And he said, hey, coach, could you throw a little tape on this? I'm feeling a little bit sore. <laughs> Took his right. shoe off and said, uh, you're not going to be able to play this game with an ankle that looks like that. That's what we call right. farm tough. I have a great story about going to Harlan, too, the first time. But to get back, to get back, uh, and then in, in those highlights that you showed, you showed I threw a pass and Jeff Miller caught it against Carroll. It was a great, great play, but he stumbled at the end, and he blew his guy away. Nobody was around him, but he just – one of those stumble where you – he caught the ball and he crushed the goalpost. And he jacked up his hip flexor in that play against Carroll. So we lost him uh, for a little bit. But he, he, he came back, but he wasn't 100%. And then the big one was Brent McLagan and his broken ribs at the end when we got into the last game and then when we were in the playoff game. We had to play without McLagan. Okay, now you're breaking news. Brent McLagan, two-time All-Stater, track star, just one of the best, the best player in JSBC history. He had broken ribs. Now, this is something that I'd like to hear more about. But as they say, that's still just football, John. In the, the playoff game that we had, that we should have won, that we had won, but we didn't pull it out at the end. So we, the big one that nobody talks about is Curtis Levine. That was a huge loss for us. John Fick, you're burying the lead. Let's let's lean on this Brent McClagan getting injured deal. Just like currently, no disrespect, no disrespect to Mister Levine, but I did not know the uh, story about McClagan having broken ribs. I mean, that guy was electric. Every time he touched the ball, he was a threat to score, and and the the coaches called him showtime. I didn't know that until uh, we'd done. Well, I bet you, I bet you didn't know this either. There's no one on your list that was getting letters from the SEC. Was that McClagan? Yeah, that's the, awesome. the, the guy was, and I think because his track coach had him running mo- the mile, he started running the mile when he was, a, I think, a junior or senior. That's not necessarily considered a being a, a sprinter, but the dude could have won any event. He could have won the 100. He could have won the 200, the 400. I saw him get letters from, I think that day I saw him get a letter from Georgia and a letter from South Carolina. Here's one interaction that I got to have with you. I want you to come at me with some steam when I say this, okay? All right, all right, here we go. We can both make excuses about players lost and how we could have won games, how we were on the three-yard line with the state semifinals, uh, John. But the one thing that I can say is, is Mr. Kibbe, at the end of the year, he said, I don't know if this is the best team I've ever had, but this is the one that gave me the most memories. winning two playoff games and going to the state semifinals. So what do you got to say about that, John Fick? I think we were the best team. Uh, no doubt. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I want you to come at me with some piss and vinegar. <laughs> no, you can't say anything. We didn't win a playoff game. We yeah. were there. We didn't win a playoff game. And, uh, I mean, 
you guys won two. You had a third in your grasp. There's no yeah. no disrespect there. Absolutely. I'm saying talent wise, I you know that that. Gr- that year that year before us, the year with Brent McClegan, we knew we were going to be good because they were good. And then if yeah. you add us in, they they didn't lose. I'm talking, you know, the Kyle Kinney, Brent McClegan, that that those guys didn't lose in seventh grade. They didn't lose in eighth grade. They didn't lose in ninth grade. They didn't lose in, as sophomores, and you have to. This is this is significant. As sophomores, they didn't lose, but they didn't have McClagan or Jeff Miller because they played varsity. They lost six games in their entire career. I think three their junior year and three their senior year. So, and you put that together, um, when we joined up with them when we were juniors. Yeah, we had our chances, but it's water under the bridge. And, and So this is said, just trying to be a comedian here, but close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Kudos to I you guys. Say, you guys I great. would say uh, oh, there's no doubt that the, the talent level on your 94 team is just off the charts. Uh, like, I don't think there's any way that any of the gen teams could have had as good of a defense as ours. We're just... There was no weak links, and I'm just I'm just trying to give it an honest evaluation. On the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know you're in trouble when little old Matt Lautner's 5.0 40-yard dash is, uh, I think I had 12 touchdowns that year, and we just we couldn't score the ball. So I'm just saying you, you put you and McLagan and Jeff Miller up against our top three offensive players, it's really not even a comparison. But we did come together as a team and played some awesome defense, and that always kept us in games. And we started to learn how to win midseason and uh, carried us through the rest of the year. But uh, it's been an awesome conversation, just throwing it back 25, 30 years. And uh, I hope that your family is doing magnificently. Does your Do your kids like sports, or what, is, what do they like to play? Unfortunately, John's response to that question got cut off. Must not be very good cell phone reception in Okinawa, Japan. But we'll try to get John on again someday. Appreciate him coming on for a few minutes. And if you all enjoyed the uh, JSPC exclusive podcast, reach out to us and we'll try to do another one. Thanks, guys.